Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Rick and Dodd Show. Two dudes, a podcast, and some laughs. Prepare to be underwhelmed. And away we go. Last week, we kind of wrapped up quick just based off of a uh, short time. Um, but we had talked about the the kind of 300 list or the top 300 games of all time mm-hmm. list. Um, and I know you did some uh, some uh, kind of a investigative social media journalism yes. to, to solicit some insight there. Um, so I'm interested to see what that is. I've only done like a quick scouring of that list. Um, I linked to it when I posted the last week's episode um, for listeners that uh, at, since I posted it about eight hours ago, um, they would have to be very advantageous to, uh, to to jump on that while we're recording. But by the time we get this out, which will probably go out Wednesday or Thursday, um, then there'll be plenty of time for, for them to catch up and, and look at that. But um, was there anything that you wanted to, to talk about before jumping in that? Or is that pretty much the kind of the, the bulkier your, your uh, topic this week? So I'm I'm about I've got a I was able to I've able to put together about 150 games um, so far. Um, I've got uh, like some series I know that I want to um, have. Um, I've come up with more concrete rules, um, and I feel uh, hopefully, um, you know, I'll be able to. I, I feel like I'm actually going to come up with a more concrete and logical list than uh, Game Informer. Um, so uh, the main rules basically are, you know, it's not two years old. Uh, it, it has to be at least two years at old. At least two years old. And, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not in uh, for French for game franchises, uh, unless the game basically revolutionized the franchise. Uh, you get one entry. So, for instance, you know, something like, you know, your minor spoiler, uh, Resident Evil uh, you know, there's good, there's two Resident Evil games on this list. Uh, you know, <coughs> uh, you've got, you know, either Resident Evil 1 or 2. I have to sit down and actually do the work on that. And Resident Evil 4. Um, Resident Evil, you know, the first two Resident Evils are an entirely different game than Resident Evil 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can do that. But there's no reason to basically have, if you look at a series like the Elder Scrolls series... There's no reason to have, you know, you have three Elder Scrolls games that usually end up merit that can merit being on the list. You have three, um, which is Morrowind, Oblivion, and Skyrim. Are things that much different mechanically, gameplay wise, between four and five? Yeah, and that's the biggest thing for me as far as jumping in there. I mean, that's what it all seemed like they were pretty much. Um, very similar. I mean, obviously the story is in depth and the, the world and exploring and all of that, but it just seemed like more of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, it didn't seem like there was that much of a difference between, uh, all the different pieces that you would need, uh, you know, three entries for each of them mechanically. Right. Yeah. So, um, so there's basically that, um, th- there are a lot of games there. There are a lot of series and, uh, that's a big issue with the game informer list as well. Um, the fact that they have like five GTA games on that list. Um, they've got, I think three vice city four San Andreas and five. And it's like, those games are all, f- you can make a case for five being different, 
with the multiple characters mm-hmm. you control on that. Slight spoiler. Um, but the game's been out for four years. So well, was that's... five also <laughs> the first one with online play, or was that in four as well? Or San Andreas? Um, I think that might have been in four. There might be online play in four, but five might be the first one. I thought online. there was like something unique about the online play in five, but still, like I mean, that... like. Okay, you have a couple, but you don't need, like, every single one on the list. Yeah. You, you know, you get three. You get three because that was actually revolutionary um, and has basically created the GTA that we know today because before that it was a top-down uh, a top-down game um, for GTA 1 and 2. Um, and I, I think they were probably still rated M, but, um, you know, and then you probably get, like, you know, four or five, and you probably go with five, but you don't need five. You you don't need five copy. You don't need five of arguably the same game. Um, and there's a lot of issues with uh, like that. The fact that, um, you know, we talked about some of those last time. Um, but the way that I basically plan on breaking down the list is that it's um, you have uh, enjoyability, um, influence. Uh, popularity and uh, enjoyability and those are basically the main things that I'm looking at Um, and I have to determine what's going to be the best rating system for that Um, for instance I was having a conversation with a a co-worker um, about Game Informer's like the top five games or what have you they had listed and he was really upset that Link to the Past was listed as one um, it's a very good game. Is it the best game of our time all time? Probably not. Um, you know, but Super Mario Brothers three was, was the second on that list. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I go, there's a bigger case for Super Mario Brothers three to be the best game of all time than Link to the past. And he's like, well, you could beat it in like 10 minutes. That's not the point. You, if you get good at any game, you can beat it relatively quickly. It doesn't like lessen the impact, um, the enjoyability of the game. You know, I mean, when Super Mario Brothers 3 came out, that game, I, for fuck's sake, the wizard, you know? <laughs> well, and, I mean, that's where I, I was kind of going to say the same thing, where it ends up being a case where, like, again, that's the whole fact that, like, speedruns are a thing don't necessarily... Um, you know, move away from the fact that games are still great to play. There's still a lot of interesting mechanics. And so just the speed at which you can do something doesn't necessarily mean anything. So, I mean, I've never solved a goddamn Rubik's Cube in my life, but there's people that can do it in 17 (laughs) seconds. It still doesn't mean it's not an interesting thing, and it's not like where it's a more uh, intricate and complex uh, puzzle than a, you know, a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle type thing. So it's just like speed doesn't really have anything to do with it. It's like depth and maybe amount of content is fine, but just the, the speed doesn't necessarily do anything one way or another. Yeah, and and that's you know that was like a really big thing for me too, um, was when putting that list together. You know, putting this list together, um, I was hoping for a little bit more feedback when I was doing my my informal polling, uh, which Fox News would probably constitute as a full scientific poll. Um, but you know, I you know, and that was a big thing too. Is like seeing the games that. Uh, people enjoy it and the importance of certain games, um, you know, uh, the importance of arcade games. Uh, I don't know how you have a top 300 list without having Berserk. 
uh, the original arcade game. Well, on there. the the only thing I will say with that is, I mean, when I did look at it, it does say that it's the Reader's Choice Top 300. Um, so that's that's kind of like the only saving grace um, that. Uh, was kind of a difference between that and what you would think from an editorial um, kind of perspective. Um, because, yeah, there's um, a shit ton of games that got missed or just the ones that are on there, like I've expected a lot more variation between them. Um, but, yeah, you're kind of missing all of that. And I think that ends up being the kind of it's the whole uh, spirit with which it's intended type thing. So it is a, it is a reader-based poll. Well, there's they actually did two. They have the the reader based one, and then they have their actual one that was published in the magazine. Okay. Um. So that's actually an entirely different list. Okay. Um. Let's see. I'm curious to see what the reader reader one. Bloodborne. Ugh. Ugh. Mmm. 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 Those are my. Uh, <laughs> those are. I just looked through that list very quickly. So there's um, there's a handful there that are super surprising as far as where some of them yes. fall, and then how some of them are ranked comparatively. Um, and so they were v- very interesting. Yeah, let me see if I can find the other list, and I'll send that to you. Uh, they made it very hard to actually find that list outside of that magazine. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Let's see. I got to open up my messages. Oh. And open up our group chat. That's pretty much me just having an existential crisis nowadays. <laughs> um, once that loads, I just got to copy and paste. Uh, but yeah, the, the reader list, geez Louise. Um, the, the the reader list actually makes sense if they actually did like an aggregate. Yeah, I mean that's what it looked like. It was basically just um, I think everybody submitted their top three and then they just kind of voom, like do it. And so I mean for me like the the number of uh, the number of like ones and twos and threes and stuff makes sense when you look at like their top ten comparatively, just because it's so skewed to like so much more recent stuff and just that's kind of like just the like latest and greatest AAA titles as opposed to anything that's unique or anything like that yeah um the maybe i need to sit down and actually play the witcher 3 um i haven't played it and i don't mean to you know uh uh shit on it so much but um i've seen it played and i just wasn't i just wasn't impressed um here i have it's one I know of. It's a series I know of, but it's also one that I haven't actually ever touched in any way, shape, or form. There you go. I sent you the game, in, the actual game informer list. Okay. Um, you know, uh, so that'll be in your in your uh, in the messenger app there for you. Um, yeah. So you know, I wanted to make sure that <coughs> excuse me uh, that we're you know the list was very open to different kinds of game, different kinds of platforms. Um, the uh, Game Informer list, the actual list, um, uh, or their, their, their editor list, uh, not very open to PC games, um, not very open to arcade games. There were some, um, but very weird choices. Uh, for instance, uh, there's only one baseball game on that entire editor's list, mm-hmm. uh, which is Baseball Stars. Um uh, 
for the NES, not even the arcade version of Baseball Stars. I mean, that uh, is like the end-all, be-all like baseball game for me, aside from uh, World Series Baseball. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I know that there's a couple other ones, but I mean, Baseball Stars was kind of like the uh, just based on it being, you know, the SNK uh, time and everything. I mean, that was one of the ones that ended up being the the definitive ones that, that I've always uh, known of. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, in that respect, like, I, you know, um, there have been a lot. I don't play a lot of baseball games, but I know there have been a lot of really good baseball games that come out. But in the same, you know, in the same respect, there are, you know, four or five different football games listed. Yeah. And I mean, um, like how kind of intriguing and interesting can you make uh, um, can you make baseball like there's it's just kind of very yes. similar, um, whereas the other games that are both full motion like end up being a little bit more interesting. Um, it is interesting to see the Oregon Trail make an appearance there. Yes. Um, you know, I uh, edu- edu- as you know, as someone who has a very soft spot for edutainment games. And may or may not be staring at forty some odd plus uh, edutainment games for the PlayStation One right now. Um, you know, I understand the importance of edutainment games, and some of them are actually pretty good. Um, the Oregon and Trail, the the Oregon Trail is one of those games that had so much influence um, for edutainment games, and were basically people's introductory to PC gaming. Um, during a certain certain generation or micro generation of gamers that were exposed to it. Uh, personally, small spoiler, um, my list does have the Oregon Trail, but it also has Typing of the Dead, which is arguably the best edutainment game that has ever been made. Um, uh, it teaches you how to type. <laughs> it is very successful, and it is very entertaining. Um, the lack of light gun-based games... On the editor's list, um, very, uh, very disappointing. Um, the There's a noticeably lack of, of Sega love uh, by Sega, noticeable lack of Dreamcast love, um, SNK love especially, um, you know, uh, Namco. I, there, there's some Namco love, but not a lot, I mean. When you have the juggernaut that is Miss Pac-Man and, um, you know, Dig, uh, what, what is Dig Dug's name? He's a name, doesn't he? Uh, it's not Dig Dug. No, it's not. He has a. I want to say he has a weird Japanese name. But... Shows how much I. I always just thought it was. I, I so basically <laughs> I thought that was the character. No, I, I feel like he has a name. I think it's. Oh my goodness! Uh, it is nice to see Saints Row the Third on here because that, that came out when uh, I was playing Star Wars: The Old Republic pretty consistently, and yeah. some of the guys we played in there were basically all about just doing as much uh, deranged things as possible. So they were, they, I believe, you know, they ended up beating people with dildos or something in there. <laughs> so that was that was one that was very interesting. Um, His name is uh, Taizo Hori. Interesting. I I always thought it was just <laughs> extremely just dig dug, um, but like the one thing like I mean we'll we'll go over this I, I guess it, like once you get your list together we'll go over it in more detail. But like at one position in, in this list there's like NHL09, 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I have no, I haven't been tracking like any other NHL games, but I mean, like I've noticed more of the football games, and like I just saw baseball stars like a page back. But then, like mm-hmm. right behind NHL '09 is Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah, like there's nothing there's nothing unique that happened in 2008 2009 to put that as a unique game, like as opposed to the. Like the originator of kind of like the dance game Fucking style rhythm games, you yeah. know. How many kids, especially you're a few years older than I am, but I can't tell you how many kids. Fuck, man. Uh, how many people I know my age had fucking DDR pads? Their first experience. Some kids, some kids, it was even their first experience to even sort of like um, that kind of that kind of otaku culture mm-hmm. was through DDR. And the the fact that you don't have basically the granddaddy of all rhythm games at a more important spot than fucking NHL 09? Yeah. That's nuts. That's nuts. Like, and that's a big problem with the list is that, you know, you have games, you can't put uh, decent endless runner games on there. Um, like, you can't, you exclude OutRun, um, the Simpsons arcade game, which was a very iconic arcade game. For anybody that was going to arcades in the early '90s, uh, you know, um, no, there's no, I don't believe there's Berserk on that list. Um, but you have random. There's like I think I I think there's more than there's like ten football games on that list, which is fine. But to bring up your point, I think like Madden 2005. Is on that list. Uh, I didn't see Matt. I did see ESPN 2K NFL 2K5, and I own that game. Being an yes. Eagles fan and having Terrell Owens as an Eagle on the cover of that game, and there is absolutely nothing unique about that game. If you want a 2K game, it should have been mm-hmm. the 2K game that launched with Dreamcast that had Randy Moss on the cover because that was one of the games that that game basically revolutionized the Madden franchise because they were like, oh shit, that's what a game can look like. And mm-hmm. then Madden had to step its game up. So like the, I, I think it's 2K one um, was yeah. the, was that game. And so that's completely different. Yeah. And, and, and in the defense of uh, 2K five, uh, there's a lot of game modes in 2K five that have not been rep- uh, uh, replicated since 2K5. Uh, there's a first-person mode, um, which is a total trip. Uh, there's, like, some different kind of management stuff. Um, I mean, is it... Could it be the best football game of all time? I mean, I don't know, but that's one of those things. But that's the thing that merits discussion, is mm-hmm. that these... You know, there are infinite. I'm sitting around right now to break the illusion. You know, a thousand video games right now, and I know there's thousands more out in the world that I'll never own. Um, I have no interest, or I haven't played, or, or that. So you, you talk about 300 spots in arguably a field of 25,000. You know, especially with all the indie developers and PC games that have been developed. Um, I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a outside of King's Quest. I think they put King's Quest Six on there. Mm-hmm. There's there's not another Sierra title on that list. You know, um, it, it, which Sierra was. There might be one, but I don't think like I don't think even like Leisure Suit Larry made that list. Um, you know, just a, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff like that. Um, I don't think the. 
the Lucas Art games that did make it were kind of peculiar. Uh, peculiar that they did pick. Um, you know, I think for they forewent uh, Maniac, the first Maniac Mansion, and what with Day of the Tentacle. Um, there's no uh, what is that Adventure Monkey Monkey Island? Um, which yeah. is Tim, Sh- Tim Schafer's game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of that, and I feel like if you have that, they basically it's very weird. Not a lot of arcade, not a lot of PC. Uh, certain developers did not get a lot of love, uh, especially if like you grew up playing a lot. I grew up as a Sega kid, right? So, you know, I see I see Sega games, you know, that could have been on that list that aren't. Um, you know, there's Aerial Biz Supersonic, uh, which is a fantastically, uh, which is a fantastic, which is a fantastic game and really fun to play. Um, you know, they didn't show, uh, certain series, any kind of love, any, any kind of that and certain systems, any kind of love or certain types of games. Um, and they missed a lot of iconic ones too. So, you know, that's. I, I'm hoping I can do at least some better justice for for a top 300 list than than what they came up with. And I, it, again, like the difference between the the reader list and their editorial list is is interesting. But uh, it was one that showed like a yeah some some very questionable choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not necessarily like, oh, I gotta agree with all of it. Like, I, if you can make a case for it, dude, I'll probably fucking, I'll fold and like, I'll like, okay, well, that probably makes sense. Like, I'm somebody like reading reviews like that as someone who collects games, reading reviews and getting other people's input on games is key to how I buy games. If I see a game that looks weird that the price point's not quite right on, but if if I know if somebody has said that it's really good, like I'll pick it up. Because I know that game will be good and it'll be enjoyable at some point. You know? I mean, for instance, like, if you if you ever came across, like, a... Like, Ari, uh, mentioned Ariobiz, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with that series at all? Uh, no. Okay. So, it's... You manage an airline. <laughs> it's it's basically Civ... It's basically Civ... It's, it's like Civ crossed with Roller Coaster Tycoon and you manage... And you put together an airline. And it's so fun. It's airline simulator. Yeah. And it's so fun. And it's like, and you would never know how fun that game was if you ever came across it on your own, Mm -hmm. you know, just because that's uh, a a weird, uh, a weird game and very, very eclectic that not everyone. I mean, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that sold millions of copies. Exactly. You know, Fucking God! I mean, could you imagine being the eight-year-old and you know in '93, that's like has their Sega Genesis, and is like, "Mommy, mommy, I want the airplane simulator game." You don't fly it, little Johnny. I know. I want to be a business tycoon. Yeah, exactly. I want to bump people (laughs) from their flights. Yeah, I want to beat up doctors. Um. (laughs) So, um. Yeah. Like, oh, for instance, right? So, uh. There's not even a fire pro wrestling on that list. Actually, yeah, I didn't even see anything there. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a ton there that definitely should. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> the fact that like WCW versus NWO yep. World Tour, blah blah blah, the one of the WrestleMania or like the N sixty four WrestleMania yep. games, um, like yeah, that's all. Uh, that is pretty. Uh, now that you mentioned, it, yeah, I mean that's well, I'm interested to see everything that you got in there because that's pretty mind blowing. Yeah, like you know, I'm just really surprised at how how much their list actually missed. Um, and so I'm hoping I can, I'm hoping I can put a better one together. Um, you know, like, I mean, there's stuff, there's so much, I mean, there was like not, for me personally, I grew up playing Atari. There's not enough Atari love, Mm -hmm. um, in that. So not enough a television love. Um, you know, I think one of the important things, if you do a hobby, if you get into a hobby is to know your history with it, you know? Uh, to to make sure that you know, I mean, it would it, arguably for those of uh, those uh, listeners out there who uh, uh, play magic or or any of that kind of stuff, it would basically be like somebody trying to put a top ten one hundred most powerful cards of all time list together, and then starting the list at like, uh Indistrad, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I was, I was going to say Odyssey, but <laughs> I think, yeah, because Odyssey, yeah. yeah. Basically, like, starting to list it like Odyssey, you know, um, and sprinkling in some cards from, from uh, you know, sprinkling in six of the nine, uh, six of the nine power nine. <laughs> you know, Time Twister's not that good. It only costs three blue. Like, <laughs> and your opponent gets to do it, too. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's it, it, it baffles me. But I'm hoping I can get a better one together, and I'm going to keep putting feelers out there for some investigating journalism, some 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 tips, some recommends. So looking at at some of this now, looking back at all those games, it inspired me to kind of dig into some more of the the Switch stuff. And since I'll be leaving uh, on a uh, a trip on Wednesday. Uh, and have some time in a plane to possibly do that. And I don't want to just keep playing Super Mario Odyssey because uh, I would like to play it, but I also don't want to punch the person in front of me when I'm trying to throw the hat. Um, <laughs> are there any RPGs on the Switch that you would recommend based on kind of what, you're, what you've been going through here? Um, so, let's see. Um, to be honest... Um, if you haven't had a chance to play Breath of the Wild yet, um, that's always worth, worth a look, uh, outside, honestly, uh, the Switch, I think. Well, is the combat in Breath of the Wild, is that real time or is that turn-based? It's real time. Yeah, I mean, that's where, like, I'm old and slow and want something where I, I don't necessarily need to, uh. Uh, need to do that. I'm definitely looking more towards the uh, uh, kind of uh, Final Fantasy JRPG style, original mm-hmm. JRPG style of turn-based. Um, let's see. Hmm. Because I'm thinking. Um, Have you played either of the South, the more recent South Park games? Okay. Yes. Um, if uh, Stick of Truth. Uh, that's. Is that did that did that come to the Switch as well? Uh, with uh... Fractured but Whole is releasing tomorrow. Okay, um, so those are 
<laughs> the reason I ask about Stick of Truth is because it's actually the better game. That, that's what I've um, heard. Um, uh, Fractured But Whole is sort of like a uh, a tactics based game, um, but it is still kind of uh, turn. It is turn based. Um, it is kind of frustrating when you do play it, however, um, because the first one didn't was not grid based, and this one the, all the combat's grid based. Okay. Um, Stick of Truth. God, I want to say like that might be. Z- I haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, I own it. I just haven't played it. Uh, of course, I'm going to recommend Wild Guns, uh, even though it's not an RPG at all. Um, that's actually what I've been playing through uh, right now, uh, mixed with the Yakuza Six, but which isn't on the Switch. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to think. Uh, we haven't been hit with the RPGs yet that we need to be hit with. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Yeast. There's a yeast game coming. Um, at some point, and I can't think of any. I for the life of me right now, I cannot think of any RPGs on the Switch. Um, I know they're there too, and uh, hopefully a listener will call me out on my my malarkey here. So I just um, pulling up some. Do you know anything of the Disgaea series? Okay, uh, fuck, uh, this guy is on there. Um, I, I, I own like a couple of those games. Um, I think I watched my roommate play a little bit on the Vita. Um, well, if you're looking for JRPGs on a handheld, you you need a Vita. That that's um, what that's what I figured. So I was just trying to see yeah. what I could do with a. A switch for right now, since the the biggest thing I want to do yeah. is basically play Final Fantasy VII Mobile, but I'm not buying it on like the iPad or anything like that. <laughs> um, yeah, they're uh, on the Switch right now. Um, we haven't gotten a lot of the content that we that we need, um, but I'm hoping I'm hoping it'll start coming soon. Um, portable JRPG stuff. I have, I do have my Vita for. Um, I could recommend you a shit ton of games on the Vita, because um, that's actually the little system that could. Um, and basically, it's funny is because all that's being supported on that system right now are JRPGs, yeah. <laughs> JRPGs and visual visual novels. So if you liked those, <laughs> uh, you would be set. Um, God, that's all I own on that system. <laughs> Like total fucking weeb. What do you have? Mm, look at all these JRPGs. Mm. <laughs> look at all these anime girls. They're all over everything I own. Uh, so I was trying to see the <laughs> PS Vita games, but the website is horrible and not actually showing me actual games. Um, uh. But uh, on the Switch, there is one that I found that's kind of going back to like what you said about the airline simulator. Um, but there is Farm Expert 2018 um, <laughs> for the Switch, uh, which gives you oh. over 20 agricultural machines, four game worlds, so you can be American, German, Polish, or English. There's cow breeding, comprehensive field labor, and fruit growing. Um, so, I, I mean, if that doesn't say, you know, a gold medal award winner, I don't know what does. Speaking of, have you ever played any of the Harvest Moon games? 
sounds familiar. I don't think I've played them, but uh, okay. the name rings a bell. Okay, so the general uh, general idea of those are, um, they're uh, sort of like light farm simulators, and you interact with the townsfolk and kind of sort of they're cute little they're cute little games um, that actually have a real big um, uh, a real big following. Mm-hmm. Um, the game I was actually going to recommend if you were looking for something kind of slow paced to play on the plane that you'd necessarily wouldn't have to, you'd be able to divert, divert your attention from, um, is Stardew Valley. Okay. Um, it's an independent game that came out, uh, a few years ago and I believe it's on the switch. Um, it's actually a very cute game and it's very, um, very slow, uh, not slow paced, but, uh, it's, it's not a very hectic game. Um, you do a little bit of like crop management and that kind of stuff, but like you interact and learn the stories of like the other townspeople and that kind of stuff. So it's actually it's it's a very, um, it's very fun. And that game has actually been very popular. And a lot of the reviewers and uh, game journalists that I listen to uh, the podcast that I listen to, um, they are very very into Stardew Valley uh, because they love the portability of that game. Um, it's actually a really good portable. Um, not the JRPG you're looking for, but that might sort of hit that same spot. That's worth checking out, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's I think fifteen bucks on the eShop or fifteen or twenty. So, I mean, you know, uh, not too bad. Um, no farm, no farming simulator. It's no, <laughs> no farming simulator 2018. Um, Okay, oh this like Ghost Simulator. It's weird what they come out with games now. It's like half the half these indie indie developers just oh, I'm gonna make one of those bad good games or one of those you know good bad games or whatever that would be. Um, <laughs> yeah, Stardew Valley is available on the Switch, so it's got a yep. uh, it's you know Steam, uh, Xbox One, PS4, and uh, Nintendo Switch. So that may be an yeah. option. Yeah, I think that would um that hit hit that spot for you um of course my switch is in the other room um i'd be looking through the store um let's see what else well, that's what I, I was doing there i mean mine's pretty much uh the switch is kind of packed up but um <laughs> i don't don't need to browse there i mean just browsing on the uh um on my browser ended up being uh, easier, but there really wasn't a huge ton of stuff that I was finding that was kind of calling out to me. And I, I saw the South Park game, and then all of a sudden I saw like a bunch of like I forget where it may have been on a Reddit thread um, on like the official on like the actual like Switch subreddit or something where they were talking about that, and everybody was saying that the uh, Stick of Truth was just the much better game outright. Yeah, the the stick of truth is actually the stick of truth is actually what I fully expect from the the stick of truth is totally captures the spirit of kind of the issue with licensed games and my issue with Ubisoft as a developer in general. Um, it is it's a serviceable game. Uh, realistically, the game is like an eight, uh, solid eight, maybe uh, eight eight point five out of ten. Um. The first half of the game is really funny and enjoyable. The third, uh, the third quarter of the game, kind of drags and it sort of picks up in the, in the fourth quarter, uh, but leaves you kind of just very um, floating around a little bit. Um, 
with what I've played of uh, Fractured But Whole, um, it's not as engaging as Stick of Truth. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I've heard, too. So it was one where I, I hadn't jumped in right away um, and one I hadn't kind of... Uh, sometimes there's ones where I'll just go ahead and just pull the trigger right away and just jump in on yep. it and be like, okay, I'll play it. I'll play it. Um, but then I still end up having like a full stack of the Arkham series games, um, <laughs> that I haven't really touched. And then most of the other stuff. So, um, and I, I don't really feel like packing up the Xbox to take with me. So, uh, we'll have to, to let the, the switch kind of, uh, rule the roost for right now, just being as portable as it is. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, I lo- the portability of that system. So good. If, um, I love the portability. The other thing is, too, um, I am actually become more of a low-key, um, big proponent of the Vita in, in, last, in these last year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it may or may not correlate to whether or not when I purchase mine. Um, the other thing, too, is that if you're actually looking for kind of like, like a pseudo-mobile uh, uh, gaming kind of thing, um, with the Vita, there's something, uh, there's like, uh, something called a PSTV. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what it is, but it's basically a consoleized Vita. Um, you can, I think it's PS, I think it's PSTV. Um, yeah, it, it but, basically links it up. Yeah. You can play Vita, you can play video, uh, Vita games on the, is it called that? I don't know, but there, there's you basically can play consoleized. It's a consoleized Vita that you can play Vita games on, um, which is really cool. Um, you basically just all you need is a PS3 controller and the 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 whatever the little system is costs about thirty bucks refurbished. You get a little memory card and you've got Vita games on a console. Sweet. Um, which is insane. So the Vita, it's funny that the Vita was not as popular. I think part of it has a lot to do with the game choices of the Vita. Uh, the Vita's library, there are some very good games um, and arguably uh, a the best and definitive port of Persona 4, uh, which is the best portable uh, Persona experience you're going to get. Um, and it's actually better than the PS2 version. Um but it's 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 the Vita is kind of a hard sell uh, when it first came out. So I, I can see why it wasn't um, as as popular as it could as it could have been. Mm-hmm. But it did a lot of the things that Nintendo did with the Switch. Uh, they they basically did it first um, in a in the in the Sony way, which is always not as good. Yeah, I mean, it ends up being something where like. And I mean, it was the same thing as far as Xbox and a lot of the other stuff where like it was technically or the intent was sound, but the execution was flawed. Um, <laughs> and so that yep. was that's been most of my experience with most of the, the Sony platforms. Um, and just even now, like going with uh, Amanda for some of her infusions at the Infusion Center, um, they have rooms where you can 
watch stuff um, hooked up to the TV and everything, and they have PS4s in there. And then even just me trying to use the PS4 while we're in there just to get, like, <laughs> Netflix going or if, like, she's starting to, like, doze off, just, like, try to play a game or something. Like, I mean, it just ends up being such a pain in the ass where I'm just like, screw it, we're going back to Netflix. Um, so, yeah, so it's that's that's been most of my experience with the PS4s. I mean, granted, I'm not using it as consistently as I am the Xbox one um but it's just something where yeah it's it's not fun at all it's a pain as someone who owns one um i'm actually i was actually realized the other day i kind of want to make the upgrade to uh to a pro but that means i have to buy a pro and then buy a 4k tv and then i realized well by the time i save up for all that i'm not even going to be able to use it because it's not coming overseas with me <laughs> so I'm like, well, if I plan on maybe being out of here in a year and a, you know a year and a half or two years or whatever, like I, but it, it's going to take me, you know, the, the even a cheap 4K TV is like 300 bucks, you know, couple months to save up for that. The PS4 is going to be, you know, another 400 bucks, and I'm like, well, by the time, so that's what seven seven months. I get it for six. Ah, fuck it. We'll just rough it. Like, um, but yeah, no, there is a, I, I have a lot of issues. Um, and the only reason I've even been playing modern games lately, uh, was because of the fantastic year that Sony had last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, game games wise, uh, you could actually just basically thank persona five for that. Um, but that was pretty much the game that dragged me dragged me back into the con- my, my modern console. That was just a Netflix box, Rick. Like I had, I never used it, so anytime I would go to use it, there would be like a fifty percent chance my PS4 controller would not be synced to my PS4. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the case it is now for me with with the Xbox, where that's what I just threw it on uh, the kind of plug and play charger just so it would charge up a little bit. But I mean that's the majority of the time for me where. Um, like I, I, for whatever reason, I, I hate DVRing uh, like some of my shows, so I'll always catch them on mm-hmm. uh, just streaming. Um, and so the Comedy Central app on the Xbox is the best way for that, as opposed to because our t- the TV doesn't have a smart TV. Um, so I just I'll just throw that on in the morning, um, and instead of like blaring it through the house to wake up Amanda, like I just plug the headphones in and listen to it there. Uh, but then just because I, I do that so infrequently, like half the time I'll, I'll turn it on and then like the controller dies like halfway through the 20 minute episode, just because it hasn't been used in forever. <laughs> I know. I know it's, it's, it's nuts. I, um, you know, I wish I use, I actually use the, well, so I've got, I got the fire stick about a, a few months ago. Um, and I use that for a lot of the streaming that I end up using now, but it keeps eating through damn batteries like crazy because it has the microphone built in it, mm-hmm. in it, so it just eats through the batteries in like two weeks. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I don't, you know, I use it every once. I think like I used it, I used the, so outside of you, I've been playing Overwatch. Um, like <laughs> I, I finally got it um, maybe about a month ago. Um and I have like a ragtag group group of people to play with, um, <laughs> like uh, so. I play. Um, we'll try to play it more because I've been uh, 
kind of craving that first person shooter itch. Mm-hmm. Um, and originally it was going to be Wolfenstein two that kind of scratched that for me. Uh, but I want I've been waiting to get it on the switch. I've gone spoiler free on it for a very long time. I know there's Nazis and acid and, uh, that's all I know about Wolfenstein two. Um, which is all Bethesda actually. <laughs> That's all they advertised. Um, uh, there's Nazis in this game, and you can do some acid. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> get hire me, Bethesda. Um, so, uh, but unfortunately, that game got delayed. It was supposed to come out in February, um, and it got delayed, unfortunately. So I've slowly been uh, waiting to pick it up. Because I, I I need I need games for the Switch. Um, well, and that's the thing for me. Like that's what I feel too. Because like we got it, and like we played like Mario Kart a bunch when we first got it, and then it was like I went into the winter and the holidays and all that stuff, and so like we were just running around doing stuff, and we didn't really have you know time to play. And then Mario came out, and like that was good for like traveling some and everything. But then it was just like there was just nothing that was really like calling me back to it, which actually mm-hmm. reminds me, I should take it for the trip anyway. Cause I do have quiplash on it so we can play quiplash when we're down there. Um, but, uh, there's nothing there that was really like just pulling me back. So I, like, I feel like I, I need to like get more games or put more time into it to justify it. Cause mm-hmm. it is such a good system. Um, but I just haven't, uh, had the time to really kind of, jump in to see kind of what would be the best way to get back into it on a regular basis, especially now um, based off of uh, having Ollie and just kind of him sucking up the time. Like eventually he'll be uh, wanting to go out and play and stuff like that. So being able to just take that when we're going somewhere to do that would be a good kind of thing to have where it's not just on my phone, but yeah, the, so the switch library is at a really weird point right now. Um, as someone who lost about a third of their Switch library uh, to the Ether, um, I, um, yeah, I, you've got the Puyo Puyo Tetris. Um, that's fine for small bites. Arms, honestly, I uh, apparently have missed a lot of download content for it, um, so I can't speak for that. But it's it's not very good. I mean, it's it's fine. Um, not definitely the sixty dollars price tag, um, because all of those games actually have a premium still. Um, I believe um, it's not. It's it's maybe a twenty five thirty dollars game kind of experience. Uh, Splatoon two is fine, um, but the issue with uh, Splatoon two is that it never quite gets the. Uh, scratches the shooter itch that you want with multiplayer uh, because there's uh, a few a few issues with it and it's in third person um, you know there's um, like I picked up the new Kirby game um, that's it's Kirby um, and I'm kind of pissed because I paid, I paid full price for it and it's kind of boring um I'm actually, I actually, I'm not one to usually read reviews before I pick stuff up, but it got a pretty low review in Game Informer. Not that that means anything. Um, (laughs) 
but I I felt like I after like playing it and then seeing how low it got, I'm like, hell, if even Game Inf- if Game Inf- if Game Informer isn't trying to sell me this game with its like with its review, well, we don't we well it must be bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know, not necessarily for me. Um, I haven't messed around with the indie stuff too much. Um, the game that's in my Switch right now is Wild Games Reloaded, uh, which is uh. Fantastic, um, arcadey, arcadey run and gun kind of fun. Um, I always have liked Wild Guns. I have it on the Wii U. Um, I do not have it on the Super Nintendo because it's a two hundred dollar fucking cartridge. <laughs> um, which is why I own it on the Switch because that was thirty dollars. Yeah, and why I own it on the Wii U because that was ten dollars. Um, <laughs> Um, but no, Wild Gun, I've always liked Wild Gun's very fun game, very good music. There's about six levels. Um, so if you got really good at it, you know, maybe 30 minute playthrough, but, um, very fun. But honestly, that's the best game that I've played on Switch, uh, so far this year, uh, that's been like a new release or had new content, that kind of stuff. Um, okay. you know, the Street Fighter games really don't get me. Um, I've got so many Street Fighter compilations. Um, you know, I can <laughs> I would say I have what says I'm in the game closet uh, uh, right now. I uh, could almost say I have like one within each reach of limb. Um, <laughs> but I don't think I have one on the PS2, which is fine because they usually suck in the PS2. <laughs> um, I, I don't like the PS. I actually don't like PlayStation's controller. Um, I'm actually looking at importing a controller um, because Japan and Europe got these sweet, uh, hoary PS4 controllers, uh, which are shaped like Xbox controllers. And I'd fucking love that so much for um, for Overwatch. So I'm actually thinking about importing one of those because um, it looks so sweet and it's a hoary controller and they're really good fucking controllers. <laughs> What's it, I haven't really had most of a problem uh, or I haven't had much of a problem with uh, PlayStation ones. I, I guess I haven't really done much with, I haven't actually played games that have required like a lot of fast responses lately on the mm. Xbox. So like I, it's again, fine for being a Netflix box. Um, but the, I mean, I've, I've, at the time when I was playing more games that required, you know, fast response times, um, the PlayStation controller was perfectly fine for me. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I, um, it's not that I just like it or anything. Like I, it's not that they're bad controllers. I just personally don't like, um, I like my controllers to have a little weight. Mm -hmm. I was like the, I was the only guy that wasn't complaining about the dinner play Xbox, original Xbox controllers. Um, you know, the big uh the dukes yeah the big uh, like <laughs> basically cinder block that would sit in your lap type thing yeah yeah i had no i had, I had no qualms with those um you're talking to the guy that has a dreamcast controller I, I, I mean maybe again i just like really bad controllers um because you're talking to the guy who has like a dreamcast who has like the dreamcast controllers and they're like oh these aren't that bad um even though I totally fucking know they are, they're so bad to the point where I have to. I know I have to get a fight stick for the Dreamcast so I can play Mark, uh, Mark of the Wolves. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it was the uh, you know the, the same guy, the same moron that uh, discovered uh, 
tank controls in the original Shenmue and was like, mm. <laughs> um, those baffle me, by the way, tank controls. I, as far I, as what? Just the movement. Um, the uh, I've never actually. Uh, I be, it's weird. Like in my gaming, it, like in my gaming experience, I went Atari, Sega, you know, Game Boy Mixin, um, to PlayStation towards the end of its life to Xbox. So going back and playing some of those games that have those old tank controls feel really foreign to me. Um, I tried playing through Resident Evil 2 with a buddy of mine uh, with the tank controls and was very confused. <laughs> the, I mean, a lot of the controls for Resident Evil 2 just themselves are very awkward to begin with. Um, but the, I mean, going back and playing that and understanding like, <clears throat> playing some of the normal PlayStation games versus going back and playing uh, Final Fantasy VII and then play, going back and playing um, Resident Evil 2. Like, I'm all fucked up. Like, I mean, I, I it took me <laughs> half an hour just to get, like, out of the first, like, two minutes of Resident Evil 2 just to get back to use of the controls as far as what was run, what was canceled, what was pick up, so. Yep. Um. <laughs> yeah, I remember playing that and just going, No! Immediately took it out of the system and said, We're going back to playing puzzle games. <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> it was funny. I just, uh, no, it was bad. Um, I think what ended up happening, excuse me, I think we were trying to uh, maybe do a YouTube thing. So I was trying to capture footage. And I think all that happened is that we ended up watching the. Um, the intro to Battle Reno Toshiden mm-hmm. uh, 2 for like 30 minutes because it's like live action movie yeah. crap. <laughs> Just watched that looped instead and then I went home. Uh, <laughs> so very productive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I, it, it's weird. And like my, in my gaming thing, I, I just kind of sort of skipped over that. Um, not because I needed, I, I chose to or anything. It's just what I, just it's just what happened. Um, you know, I mean, I like, and this is the thing too, is because I got my PlayStation when I got it, um, which I think was like 2000, uh, 2003 was a good year for me. Um, it was in eighth grade. Uh, Syracuse won the national championship. I got a PlayStation Four. Uh, I got a PlayStation for Christmas. I'm glad you clarified that because I was going to say if you got a PlayStation Four, then you were well ahead of the curve. Uh, I also found out I was a Time Lord, um, <laughs> holding out on us. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So I got a PlayStation. I got that Sweet Forbidden Memories Yu-Gi-Oh game with it too. Played the crap out of that. Um, you know, I was real big into. I had a whole bunch of anime VHSs. I was watching. Um, I owned my mom. My mom had just discovered internet shopping, um, so I got um, stacks of like penny VHSs. She would find from some place. I don't know where she was getting. It, but, <laughs> <laughs> like I had, I had, I had like fifteen tapes. 
of of Gundam Wing. Like three episodes of piece tapes of Gundam Wing on VHS. Now, like all I wish is that I had the uh, the original <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Burger King drive through VHS tapes that you would get with the kids meals. Um, <laughs> they were like, I want to say five or six. There was like one of each color. One was green, oh, and then there was like another one. But th- and so I mean, I still remember most of the. Uh, most of the, like those episodes, but those were those were classic. Actually, I think my dad may still have them, so I, I should kind of uh, kind of temper that uh, enthusiasm to see what ends up um, uh, next time I, I go home to see see what's still there. An- another one. Okay, so this is a long shot. So, um, I remembered this the other day uh, because I remembered the comedic stylings of Dom DeLuise. Um, KB Toys and Kool-Aid came out with a promotional tape aimed at children. Oh, God, what is it? I can't remember the exact name of it. But it was like you could only get it through like KB Toys, and it was basically a half-hour or 45-minute Kool-Aid commercial with like weird skits. Uh, I want to say I remember that one. I'm pretty positive I had that one, too. It, uh, it has Dom DeLuise uh, fighting with a newspaper box. I mean, because I, I remember, like, some pretty... Now that you mention it, like, I remember... Um, I, I remember some pretty awkward skits with Kool-Aid Man. So, it... Let's see. It had... Um... Oh, shoot. It had like some weird puzzles. I'll I'll send you the link later so you can put it in the show notes. Um but I I re- like those VHS tapes that like those promotional items we had as kids are just totally nuts nowadays. Well, like, I mean, compared to what's available now, I mean, you look even just like most of the swag you get going anywhere, all it is is just bullshit that you're going to throw away that's useless i mean that was stuff that actually made sense i mean a 45 minute like the you know like what you had an hour entertainment for some fucking kool-aid points yeah a reusable hour of entertainment um you know which was nuts oh man i was grilling my mom about that tape the other day too uh because i remember i randomly so i i'm Knowing my life, I'm knowing me and my luck. I'm probably already dead, and I'm randomly flashing through some kind of cognitive uh, weird thing where I'm like flashing through my life at random points, and uh, that's why I keep remembering these weird things from when I was a kid. Um, so I, I I remember that because I randomly remembered like one of the skits from it. Because I remembered a moment. This is how weird I am, and how weird my brain is. And um, I remember uh, watching. I was I was six, watching that tape because I was bored watching the Labor Day telethon that Jerry Lee Lewis would put on. Uh huh. Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis is somebody different. Uh, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um. Jerry Lewis. Um. Jerry Lee Lewis is a singer, isn't he? He's a singer, but he would probably put on a different telethon that would have involved kids. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is true. Um, uh, Jerry, the Labor Day telethon. And the, I got bored because I was waiting because I had like called in a, a dollar donation 
just so I could hear my name on the television on PBS. But, no, no, you, oh, you that was on. on the, yeah, that that was one of the ones that was, was actually network. on like normal normal uh, yeah. TV. Yeah, I remember the the comedic stylings of of carrot top and prop comedy, and even this is how fucked up it is. Even at five, I knew that dude. Five or six, I knew that dude was a hack. <laughs> Which is like fuck. It was just fucked. If you can't fool a, a like a tiny moron, then like then then you should pack it up. That's probably why he got he uh, he got swirl so he could at least scare the children into laughing. Um, but I got bored. I remembered watching that. And I remembered one of the stupid skits from that because they do this like weird, um, like sixties or seventies cartoon with the uh, the that that oh god i don't know i saw it called the cabana song mm-hmm. it's not right but the thing where the the daylight comes whatever and it's like this weird like 60 or early 70s art stylish kind of uh uh thing sorry i remember that i remember that like just randomly watching like atlanta Right, like Donald Glover show. Right? Like randomly remember. Oh, you, one time when you were six and trying to get your name on the TV. You remember how you got bored and started watching this tape? Yeah, I remember that. That was fucking weird. And like, yeah, like why would I remember that? Yeah, it like, it's mm-hmm. so random. It's just such a uh, such a random memory, like the, from the very back of your brain. Oh, I know. I know. You know. That's why. That's why. That's why I don't get. Uh, that's why I don't get upset about uh, uh, Facebook having access to all the all my information because maybe they can do a better job being me than me. <laughs> I can't even stay focused enough and watch the television without fucking having an existential crisis and reliving moments of my childhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Mark Zuckerberg can straighten out that <laughs> that six ninety five credit score I got. <laughs> Probably not, though. The Zuck. Let me see what else was on our list here. So I, I was looking at, uh, I'll possibly go to um, check out Avengers uh, Infinity War when uh, I'm out in L.A. Um, since, I mean, the movie does come out Friday, but then under, under, infathomably able to comprehend that, again, everything is still, it comes out Friday, but you can still go see it on Thursday. So technically, it comes out Thursday, but everywhere says everywhere Friday, but all the theaters still have it available mm-hmm. Thursday. So I don't understand how that is. But it's like Thursday night, they're all available. There's obviously plenty of shows all over the place. Being in L.A., there's a bunch of theaters that within where we'll be. Um, so there's some at like 7, some at 8, 10, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm used to going to like midnight shows. Like I mean, all the Harry Potter films when they came out, we saw those at midnight in at school and there are a couple of the other ones maybe one of the star wars ones that came out when i was there i think yeah maybe episode three or something like that too but I, like i'm used to going to like midnight shows but looking then they have like some midnight shows then they have 1 a.m shows then they have 2 a.m shows 3 a.m shows <laughs> and then there's still 4 a.m shows like oh jesus just go home <laughs> who who who's going to the movies at 4 a.m like that that uh, unless like i go to bed at like 6 p.m. and just get up and want to go and have like the theater to myself. Um, that just seems utterly ridiculous. So <laughs> how do you how do you sell that to the friend group, right? Like the group of friends. Hey guys, we're gonna go see a movie. Hey, hey, I'm gonna get tickets. It's okay. I'll, I'll get them. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay, yeah. So what time are we going? 
Well, I waited too long, and so the only <laughs> one that had seats for all of us was the 4 a.m. show. No, no, that's really that's a.m. No, yeah, a as in morning, as in after midnight and before noon, not the other way around. And yeah, I I have no idea. Like I mean, actually, let me see. Is that the theater that has? I don't know if that's the theater that has seating availability, which. Uh, poo. I think it is. Um, so let me see here. So yeah, there is. Um, that's Thursday. Let's go to Friday. Um, oh nope, there was another one. So there is. There's a two thirty a.m. show that's got about ten percent of the seats sold. So I mean, that's a, <laughs> a pretty decent sized theater. Um, that's in. That's technically well that's hollywood so that's technically hollywood let me see the location i was going to go to um which was a different theater than that um yeah so that was yeah so okay so sherman oaks the there's at least one two three four seats sold um at 4 a.m one of the seats that sold is the back row all the way in the corner that's weird i think somebody's a little aroused to go see Avengers Infinity War. And that's one voyeuristic theater I don't want to be a part of. Um, that's fair. That is, that's weird. There's Who buys a, a seat? There's a 3.30 a.m. show with both of the last row opposite corners taken. Um, so, yeah, so I, I don't know what's going on in this theater. But now that I know that, that if that's kind of common practice for this theater, if I go, I definitely won't be sitting in the top row in the corner. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I um, I actually got to. <laughs> it's funny as I've gotten passes. I've gotten three uh three groups of uh three pass invites in the last like week. Uh, advanced screening passes. Uh, one for Super Troopers two. Uh, one for the new Amy Schumer movie. Um, and one for the new Melissa McCarthy vehicle. Uh, spoiler alert! I turned down two of those. <laughs> um, and I went and saw Super Troopers two uh, last Tuesday. Um, C minus. I mean, does it does it live up to the original, or is it more of the same, or is it just kind of like a just a riff on what was there? Uh, the best way I can describe it is it like yeah it made me chuckle um but imagine like like in 15 imagine like if it like i don't know like it it all they all felt kind of old um and like you know, you were looking at these guys like for fuck's sake, man. I I, I saw uh, Jay Crandishar. Uh, I hope that I don't even know how to say that last name. Um, uh, Shandra like, Shekar. Thank you, Shandra Shekar. On um, uh, on that like Netflix show where he had to leave the show because of like he had to go pick up his kids, like um, and like I can't remember what is it um. Oh god, what is that called? Like it's the show where they make fun of like non-skilled bakers. 
It's like a new. It's like a new Netflix thing. A new but, rule. Yeah, like, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I saw that and was like, you know, they they all look kind. You know, it's like they all look like family men. And it's like they all they all just feel a little too old to be like doing what they're doing. So like, it was kind of funny. There's like a lot of Canadian jokes. Um. I mean, I mean, I don't think. I mean, I think I give this the first Super Troopers. Um, the, the first Super Troopers felt like it had more spirit, um, more of an identity. Uh, this one felt kind of like, oh shit, we crowd, we actually successfully crowdfunded our, our project. Um, we have to put a script together. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got to figure out something to do it. Yeah, um, and I think they had to make a lot of a lot of cuts to it. Um, because they didn't get the amount that they originally wanted to. I remember one of um, the stretch goals was if they raised a certain amount of money, they'd blow up a car. Okay. Uh, they did not blow up a car. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if they reached that stretch goal or not, or if they just cut it out. Um, but I, you know, it wasn't bad. It was an enjoyable movie experience. Um, do you need to rush out and see it right away? Um, no. Um, would you, you know, definitely go to your version of like a dollar fifty or two dollar theater uh, to see it? Yeah, yeah. Wait for um, it a couple weeks. Like it's nothing where it's yeah. There, you know, it's not. That's not one that's not that's you know spoilerific or anything like that. Yeah, you, you'll get some. There's some laughs. Um, uh, and, and there's some laughs. It's fine. Um, I saw it with a good audience. Um, it was yeah. I saw it with a good audience and a friend. So I mean, it was fine. It was good. It was funny. Um, but it wasn't. You know, I didn't feel like they weren't reinventing the wheel, and they didn't have as much of the spark that they had with the first Super Troopers. Um, there wasn't enough new spin on what they were doing. So, um, yeah, it, I, it, it's fine. As I said, C minus, that's still passing. Um, you know, um, it was, it's funny is because the passes for super troopers were the same time as that new, the ones for the new Amy Schumer one, which were done like by like an invite only kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know. Maybe someone heard that I like Trainwreck. Okay. Um, that movie. That, LeBron James is really funny in that movie. That that's the one with Bill Hader. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yes. Uh, I. I. Bill Hader. Bill Hader is weirdly charming and um. Not like you would imagine Bill Hader to like ever have a role. Bill Hader to ever play a role like that, um, and LeBron James is LeBron James and John Cena are like the highlights of that movie. Um, so I don't know, maybe like like <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg sold them my information. Um, you know, and like we're like, hey, here you go, this guy will like this, but it was at the same time, and they gave me less than like an hour's notice to even claim them mm-hmm. before the event started, and I was like, nah, dog, we're not going. Um, and then I actually just got passes today for that uh, Life of the Party Melissa McCarthy movie 
brought up the page because generally when you get the the uh, advanced screening passes for those of you at home that haven't um haven't done it before it's like the wild wild west of button clicking um so as soon as you see the email you run in you log into whatever provider it is and click 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 get your two passes and you got yourself you know uh a free ticket to buy a 15 dollar bucket of popcorn mm-hmm. exactly um <laughs> so i sat there for a minute I like clicked on it. I was like, "Ooh, movie passes. Ooh, from here." <laughs> clicked on it, saw what the movie was, and saw the poster for the movie, and was just like, like clicked out of the screen. I didn't even bother to like redeem them. <laughs> I was just like, "Nah, this movie's not for me." Um, I just don't. Um, she's not my my uh, cup of tea. Um, I saw her, she did a, <clears throat> one of the corporate gigs last year when we were in Vegas and it, it was good. And like, she had just come off of, uh, her leather special on Netflix and everything, but it was still, uh, a very slow paced comedy show. It was a lot of her stuff. That's mm-hmm. typically what she is. And I mean, I still had a good time and, and laugh, but, um, again, it's one where it, it felt, it felt like, yeah, like train wreck was kind of the, um, the end all be all for that kind of storyline. And so I, unless there's something completely different, I haven't heard anything else. That's uh, kind of just like her take on the, like putting her spin on the bridesmaid style, bridesmaid style uh, movie. So, yeah. Um, her, uh, apparently it's her, I believe she stars, um, and her co-star on that is Roy Shrovel. Um, and that movie has not gotten very good reviews so far. I, I've seen a lot of it getting talked about, but I haven't actually checked the reviews or, or any kind of what they actually are. Um, but I usually, since I've been up early in the mornings with Ollie, I've, uh, I usually just throw in the local WGN news and watch that. And on one of them, they, they talk about some of the reviews and stuff like that. And I, I, they, they did that one. I'm going to say Rampage and another one like this past week, and like all of them got like not great reviews. <laughs> um, oh, God. Gene Shallot. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> the movie reviewer. I hope that's his name. I think he's dead now. Um, had the mustache and the fro. Yep. Yeah. Well, this movie, I don't know. Um, I tried to do a really bad impression of him based on like the one clip I remember seeing when I was like four in a fever, <laughs> like while like, well, well, in like fever induced memory. Um, but yeah, like we need God, man. You know that's what I miss. I miss good movie reviewers. I miss that. Um, you know, I miss that being on television. I miss. Uh, Ebert and uh, uh, Ebert and, and Roper, is it Roper? What was his first partner? Uh, Siskel and Ebert, and then it was Ebert Siskel and Ebert. Yeah, okay. Um, I I miss that. I miss that kind of stuff. Um, I need someone to tell me what to think about movies. Um, I, I miss because you used to be able to get like a good rundown on all the movies. I mean, yeah, I guess you can like, you know, um. Google it. The closest thing I actually find to that nowadays is um, uh, Red Letter Media on mm-hmm. YouTube. 
Yeah, I mean that's um, that's what I was thinking. That's one of the ones where um, it's a little bit of a different spin um, for that, where it's very similar to uh, some of the other YouTube centric uh, reviews that are kind of upping their game. Whereas, like again, now it's not just like your typical like three sentence uh, newspaper blurb or whatever, but it's one that's actually pretty in depth. Yeah, I miss um. Yeah, I mean they're good. Uh, they don't review movies fast enough for my liking, though. Um, they don't, and a lot of their half in the bag shows don't cover uh, as much as I'd like them to. They usually end up doing like maybe two movies at most, um, and they're about a week, you know, a few weeks behind. So, um, you know, I, I say this now, and um. They're, I'm not excited for big Hollywood movies anymore. It's weird. Um, you know, I really want to go and see, like, good films and, and that, but there just doesn't seem to be any kind of, um, you know, anything really, like, really, really capturing me. Uh, to go in and making mm-hmm. me want to come out to the theater. Like, I, you know, you mentioned Infinity War, uh, War earlier. Um, I'm not, like, super excited to see that. Um, I'm never excited to see the Marvel movies uh, really in, in theater. Like, I got excited for Black Panther, kind of, and that was pretty much it. Um, you know, I end up just, I just go and see them, and, and that's that. Um, I mean, I still haven't, I don't know. I think I'm still suffering from suicide squad. Um, and I watched that one at home. So, <laughs> um, I mean, for me, the Marvel ones, like I, again, just knowing a lot of the backstory, like I know a lot of like what's going to happen or what could happen and just being so invested in the characters. That's why for me, it's always something that is, uh, just a, a more, uh, fruitful experience for me for the Marvel movies, and I mean for the majority of them, they've you know hit home runs and they've had surprises with Ant Man, Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy was you know uh, kind of an out of this world grand slam, uh, pun intended, um, and so I mean all of that stuff ends up being just kind of building towards a lot more of the um, kind of uh, they're still building towards a payoff, even though like each of the the movies themselves are, are mini payoffs. Um, and so I think that that's kind of the difference between, um, uh, the DC and Marvel stuff where you've got Disney doing the Marvel stuff, but then you've got WB doing a lot of the stuff where they can't ever get their movies to kind of, to hang on. Um, so for the most part, like that's where I, like I, I generally end up looking forward to the Marvel stuff. Um, but the majority of the other blockbusters, I, just really don't care which is ironic as someone who goes to to comic-con um and sits through a lot of the trailers and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. but then even like outside of just the marvel stuff it's just not something that ever ends up uh kind of coming my way or just kind of piquing my interest in any way shape or form uh did you get any good uh good spoilers at c2 e2 um they don't really do much there the the they C2E2 is more of a floor show. It's developing into 
or they're they're adding a lot of the panels, um, and so they they have some spots there. Like Marvel had a bigger floor presence there this year. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, there were a couple other booths on the floor that had bigger uh, floor presences. Um, but the the thing there is like they don't have they definitely don't have kind of exclusives. Um, and the panels like the main stage panels that they do have, they don't really cover a lot of. Um, like upcoming stuff like they tend to have like stars from the movies and then or or specific shows and then it's they're more generally like retrospectives on the characters or the actors um okay. as opposed to uh a lot of like forward looking stuff um Amanda set in on the Guardians of the Galaxy um one while I came home to take care of Ollie and so that was Sean Gunn and Dave Batista, um, and like they talked a little bit about Infinity War, she said, but not a lot. Um, then we were both in the Legends of Tomorrow panel on Saturday, uh, and they didn't really talk about any like future su- stuff. And so that's like DC TV. Um, and then Sunday we sat in on the This Is Us panel uh, with uh, Milo Ventimiglia and uh, Justin Hartley, um, and they didn't really talk much future stuff because there's, I, I mean, they. Had just wound down this season, and I don't think they've done anything, you know, for for next season yet. Um, but like that definitely pales in comparison to um, to definitely San Diego. I mean, New York Comic Con still gets a decent amount of exclusives, or like there's still stuff getting pushed there. Um, but yeah, there's there's not much uh, from a kind of exclusive or a preview there, which is interesting because again, like to me that that could also like just be more of it where um, it's kind of like the they know the audience is going to they know the audience there is going to see it so that they they don't try to push it so it's not like worth the investment type thing so it's like they mm-hmm. want to try to get it out into other areas um which is kind of like for me like I don't need to go see the Deadpool trailer or like track it down or like watch it or, or pay attention to it because I'm going to see the damn movie and like I want to see the movie in its entirety when I see it for the first time I don't want to ha- right. like have already seen the movie in you know a 90 second chunk where you take out most of the punchlines and I know when the joke is coming which I'm sure if it's anything like the first one like th- there'll be much more in the movie than the trailer but that's where like I just kind of like as far as you said like you're not into uh like blockbusters like um i'm just i don't like going to see movie trailers anymore because they just ruin absolutely every movie for me yep no that's a that's a huge thing like i um i i like going to the movies it's weird i like going to the movies i don't even dislike the blockbusters they just they don't they don't get me excited And, and part of it is i mean you're right. Like the the trailers for the trailer, the, the way that they've there used to be art in a movie trailer. If you remember seeing some of the movie trailers from the eighties, they used to be terrible, mm-hmm. which was fine, right? Like now it's just all manufactured, and it doesn't feel like there's any. It's there, there's nothing. You know, it, it's it, it's all manufactured and it takes all the fun and excitement out of it with the way that they cut the trailers. And a lot yeah. of it ends up coming down to like them farming out or like subcontracting out to trailer companies to do that. And so like they don't care uh, that they're spoiling the movie like they're they're taking like the raw material that they're giving and like making the best cut um, that they can. Um, but then it ends up being a case where all you're doing is spoiling the movie 
yeah. long term, and it just it it doesn't it doesn't work out well. Yep, yep, and and, and it's a bummer. Like I don't I, I like man, dude, I love movies. I just love the idea of movies. Like you could sit me down and like you're like I you could just sit me down and I'll watch you know I'll watch I'll watch anything, you know. Like the other day, I watched The King of Kong for like a fourth time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then magically after, actually, I just, the last time I watched that is when all that nonsense about Billy, Billy Mitchell came out. So I like watched The King of Kong and then it was like immediately relevant that I had watched it. <laughs> so um, disgraced, uh, disgraced Donkey Kong player Billy Kong, mm-hmm. uh, Billy Mitchell. Um, but like I, I, I miss that. I miss that excitement for movies. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the age of, I don't know if it's because we are in the age of the internet and it's the over saturation, saturation and overexposure to the marketing materials. Um, but I miss the, I miss the oomph. I miss the, I miss the, the butterflies and the, and, and the hypeness, you know, like, Oh shit, this movie's coming out in two months. You know, uh, just, I, I, I miss it. Um, I, I mean, I think a lot of it is uh, just being like overly inundated with it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, that the, again, just with um, Infinity War coming out this week, Daredevil, or Deadpool 2 coming out in May, um, something else coming out later in the year. I mean, hell, Solo is coming out uh, um, very soon, too. Uh, and so, I mean, it ends up being something where there's just, it's because it is such big business that like, yeah, eventually we'll see them, but then it ends up being, a uh, an issue where just, there's just so much so fast and that it's, I, I think eventually it's got a, it's got the, just the bubbles got to burst somewhere. Yeah. And you know, I think, I, I think we're getting, I, I honestly think we're getting to, uh, to it. Um, just because i mean it, we, we've got to be there we we it, you know i'm slowly discovering you know after years of not playing mainstream releases <laughs> years after playing me uh not playing mainstream game releases i've slowly been getting back into it um and you know, the movie that kind of brought me back into movies again uh, was episode seven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, as any American, you know, as any American child, um, Star Wars, like we all have Star Wars memories. And, um, you know, I remember being at. So we had these this these. um in the town that I grew up, Manoa, um, they had these field days, and they would basically hold them at the local park, which was right down the street. Uh, which, as a kid, is super awesome to be able to walk to basically a carnival from your house. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, so my grandfather, uh, he was he was a volunteer firefighter um, uh, before he. Um, a, a, when he was he uh, before he got basically hurt in a, in a post office fire, um, and uh, so he was still connected. He wasn't going on calls anymore or anything, and he was he was older um, when I was younger. 
<laughs> What's the alternative to that, Donald? Yeah. <laughs> What's the alternative to that? Um, but <laughs> fucking moron. Um, so, but he was still connected with the uh, with with the department. Um, and so it was cool. So I kind of had like uh, in the the uh, fire department. Uh, would you know sort of put stuff on there for the field days and all that kind of stuff too so um i remember going and i remember um episode one had came out when uh for those of you that are older uh <laughs> prepare to feel older and old and elderly and geriatric in about five seconds uh when i was in elementary school i was in fourth grade when episode one came out um oh good god <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel old. I know. Um, um, and I remember uh, they were au- auctioning off a uh, raffling off a N sixty four with the episode one pot racing game. I wanted that so badly. Yeah. So like, you know, just all you know, just like all of that. And I remember seeing episode three in the theaters. Um, I like I remember watching. You know, when I was a teenager, I would like. Insistently uh, uh, watch uh, episode six over and over again um, on VHS, and like you know, like so yeah, I, you know, I had a lot of Star Wars memories and a lot of you know red letter days associated with Star Wars, um, you know, and the um. So, yeah, so I was excited for Seven, but, like, slowly after that, it kind of just, you know, Seven was the first movie I saw in theater. I've seen three movies more than once in the theater. Uh, Transformers, uh, Avatar, and and Episode Seven. Uh, Transformers, I was basically forced to go again because that was the only movie anybody wanted to watch that summer. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Avatar, I was just bored and lonely. (laughs) So I, like, why not watch that planet where the blue people, uh, watch that movie with the planet with the blue people. And, but, like, episode seven was, like, the first one that was, like, out of enjoyment, like, to see that again. So, um, but, you know, slowly, slowly was kind of not, you know, not really pulling me in. You know, I was still kind of waning, and I want to get back to that point where I'm excited to see something. Um, you know, with Black Panther, I realized that I just had, kind of had, like, blockbuster movie fatigue. Um, I haven't seen The Last Jedi again uh, yet. Um, but that wasn't, you know... I, I wasn't having a good... You know, it wasn't a great setup for for me to go see that anyway, but... And, yeah, I want I want that ma- I want that movie magic back, Rick. Well, and that's a that's the same thing. I mean, that's a perfect way to end it because I mean I, I've got the you know the closing line for that. But similar for me, where again, I think Episode Seven was the last movie that I saw twice in the theater. Um, off of your list, I've never seen Avatar. Um, I don't remember what movie I may have seen before that that I saw twice in a the theater. Um, but yeah, it's just there's the just because it it's become such a movie making machine now it's it's basically just like if you miss it 
it's no big deal. You'll just catch the next one and you're not really going to miss that much. And it's still like, you'll, you'll be right where you were. Um, and like, it's, it's, you know, no skin off my back. Um, so that's what, yeah, I mean, I, I'm basically, uh, kind of in exactly the same boat where, uh, there's not that much that's, you know, super special about movie going any longer. Um, and so it just kind of like, uh, very much of a feeling of, uh, uh, get off my lawn when it comes to, to movies. Um, and kind of like just back in my day, we walked uphill both ways of the movie theater. Uh, <laughs> and you know, we paid up for popcorn in our blood and, and everything else. So, um, I'm just, I'm just hoping where eventually I can, I can catch a movie and, and make it feel that way again. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Listen carefully.